Hey, welcome muscular gentlemen. I'm stoked that you guys are here. This is a fantastic episode with um, my friend and colleague, uh, Jared Ragsdale. He is the CEO and he's an entrepreneur, but he's the CEO and founder of Nutra Authority Supplements. And we got a chance to sit down and just break down kind of what supplements you should be taking, why you should be taking, um, what to start with. So many people talk about supplements as this like end all be all. And the truth is more than more times than not, people haven't even dialed in their nutrition. They haven't even got set on a, on a, a plan to eat healthy uh, consistently. And so they just want to dive in and start taking supplements as if this band-aid approach is going to work. And what's nice with this conversation with Jared is we broke that down, kind of explained what to use, when and, and why, um, and, and the approach that's going to actually help maximize your results. So that's what we got to do. But we also jumped in, muscular gentlemen, we jumped in and we talked about masculinity. And I can't tell you, at the end of this uh, episode, near the end, Jared drops two huge bombs, truth bombs on living your best life. I was sitting there taking notes and, and literally saying, I need to make sure I make a reel out of this or some kind of, um, of video for like Facebook and for content because absolutely amazing conversation uh, around masculinity. He's a father, a husband, um, he's a family man, and I would definitely consider him a muscular gentleman. So jump into this episode. I hope you enjoy it. It's a great one. And if you want to start understanding more about supplements and, and just understanding the baseline of what you should start with, this is the, nap, the episode for you. So I'll see you guys in there real quick. If you like what you hear about the supplements that we're discussing with Jared, we're talking about his supp supplement line, Nutra Authority. Look, this is the exact same supplements that I recommend to my men in the online men's coaching program, The Muscular Gentleman. This is my high ticket coaching program. So. I'm only recommending the best that I can find, and that's through Jared. So if you like what you hear and you want to check out the supplements that we talk about, go to Nutra Authority. I'll put a link in the description and also use code TMG, that's the muscular gentleman, TMG10. TMG10 is the coupon code to get 10% off. Check out those supplements that we discuss here and uh, let me know if you have any questions. I'll be happy to help you um, if you're using supplements and you've got your, your uh, meal planning and your nutrition all dialed in. Welcome to the Muscular Gentleman. Muscular Gentleman. Where we don't apologize for being men. Masculinity. Sex fitness and attraction helping men reclaim their masculine edge improve their sex life get the body they've always wanted and master their mindset to build a life worth living this is the muscular gentleman and now your host rustin Webb. all right let's get started welcome jared uh this is a colleague and a friend i've known for quite a while um i've actually worked with him when i owned my gym I uh, worked with him back then, and then now I work with him with my online uh, Muscular Gentleman program uh, for men only. Um, and we basically, I send all my men to get supplements through Jared. So Jared is the owner of Nutra Authority, which is a supplement company that um, I absolutely love. And we'll go into detail why uh, in a little bit here. But um, Jared, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit, tell the audience a little bit about you, um, how you got into supplements and how it's going. I, we kind of talked before we started recording um, about how it's going. Yeah. So I want to that too. 
Hey man, good to be here. Good to see you again. You know, um, my journey in supplements, man, started. So my fit, my parents owned a fitness store, and they started it in 1990. 1990, I was I was two years old, and so I grew up actually in the back room of the fitness store, and we sold treadmills, ellipticals, maybe not ellipticals at the time, but home gyms, things like that. And my dad was a little bit of a power lifter in college. He did some bodybuilding stuff. And he always kept a little bit of supplements kind of in the corner of the fitness store. And man, as things progressed, supplements just became a bigger and bigger business. This was back when we were one of the few places with GNC that was out there. And uh, GNC had their sale days. We had a sale day. And eventually, Supplement Giant just kind of kept growing and growing over the fitness equipment stuff, which we still have. And so I grew up in the industry. I kind of grew up through the magazines. I was in the fitness stores all the time. So, you know, supplements kind of were always something that I was interested in. And if it wasn't supplements, it was at least, you know, bodybuilding, getting bigger, things like that. So, man, I, I looked back the other day, I was talking to one of my colleagues and I was telling him, I was like, you know, I counted protein macros when I was in middle school because I had started figuring out some of this stuff I'd wanted, you know, you get unhappy with how you look or, you, you know, you want to look better than everybody else or whatever the motivation is. For me, that's what it was when I was in middle school. And so I started tracking what I was eating. I remember eating brown rice and things like that. So I was trying a little bit, you know, it might've been inspired a little bit by like body for life, by Phil Phillips uh -huh. and things like that. And so that's kind of where it started out high school. You know, I really took it seriously in high school, whatever. I got a gym membership. Uh, actually I used my friend's gym, gym membership. I never actually got one until, until I went out on my own. Um, but I, whenever I got to the gym, rather than working out at home, things became a lot more serious. And, uh, that's when I really started figuring out how to eat a lot better. I mean, I would go to high school and I would take tuna packets, brown rice and broccoli, and I would mix it all together in like a Tupperware container or something. And dude, I had people complaining about it because they could smell it. Teachers that would give me crap about it. And I even had a teacher, a teacher that specifically came to me. And he's like, you know, I did all that stuff that you're doing. It's, it's, uh, it's just not worth it. You know, I, I figured that out. And he was, you know, standing there with a big plate of like nachos or something like that from school. And I mean, so that was kind of the beginning at 20. Uh, I did my first bodybuilding show. And so that's really when things started kicking in more for me. Um, I think I worked at my parents' store at that time. So I was selling supplements. I was dieting for a show. I was kind of back from college at that point in time. And uh, yeah, that was, that was really the big, the big key for figuring all this stuff out was my own interest in bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. And once I was interested in, I was interested in how the, the different ingredients were, you know, how everything fits together with diet, with training, with supplementation and things like that. And I would have customers that would come in the stores and they would ask me about products and things and anything I didn't know, I would get online. I would start like looking up, you know, what does this ingredient do? What's the correct dosage for this stuff? You know, what are the studies? And I would kind of just read through stuff. And that was really how I started getting into it more than anything else. Just my own interest on ingredients. Were these companies making good stuff? You know, were these ingredients good? Things like that. And so from there, I became really good at recommending products to different people. And the supplement line just became kind of a natural extension. You know, we looked around at the different supplements and, and it's really amazing how many supplement brands have had scandals and problems, um, amino spiking protein. There was, I mean, there was a time period when we sold a product and uh, it only had half of the protein that it claimed on the label and the rest of it was sugar. And it tasted phenomenal. We sold, we sold the crap out of it because everybody came in. We're like, oh, you got to try this. This tastes awesome. This is, and this is the early 2000s or something, right? Uh -huh. And just not as much scrutiny. There was, the internet wasn't as big. People weren't testing these things as much. But uh, at that point, we kind, of, we kind of always wanted some sort of brand. We just didn't know how to get into it. About, about 2013, we really took that serious. We started finding manufacturers. And we kind of said to ourselves, like, you know, we can do this better. 
than a lot of these companies that we're working for. We want something that we can trust, something we can recommend, something we know for sure what's in it, how good it is. And we also know when there's changes made, it's not a reason that's, you know, it's, it's a reason that we actually approve of. A lot of times companies would make changes to products. Customers got really mad because you use a product for six months to a year and then it changes. You, you get upset that it's not the same thing. So those were all considerations that came into it. But ultimately it was the, uh, we can do this better and we want to be able to trust where these ingredients come from, trust what's in the product. It's not spiked with anything. It's not half the protein, those kind of things. So that was really kind of what started it. And then 2016, I kind of took over full-time at Nutrithority. It's my family's company. My family owns Nutrithority. We own Supplement Giant, things like that. So that retail presence from Supplement Giant really allowed me to go full-time with Nutrithority and start building the brand full-time at that point. And when I started, I did everything. I mean, Packing the boxes, building the website, doing the marketing, that kind of thing. So all, from, all of it. Yeah. So eventually I hired one person to help, you know, pack the boxes. And then now we've got, you know, a team of people that work with me here in the warehouse. And I've got different people that work remotely as well. So it's going pretty well. For the audience listening, the supplement giant is like, a, a, at least in Colorado, for me, it's like a local supplement store where you can go mm-hmm. in uh, brick and mortar and you can buy supplements. I think you guys are in several states, right? We're in Kansas and Colorado. So right now we have 11, 11 stores, okay. you know, I think eight in Colorado and then the three here in Kansas where I'm at. And then Nutrithority is the supplement line that I work with through Jared um, as one of the owners. Yep. So, um, okay. I, you said so many things in all these questions. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're, this is great. So when you were in high school, were you, were you, yep. actually, um, cause this is, and I don't know your age, but like sure. I'm 34, 34. Okay. So you know, when yep. you're in high school, were supplements a big thing? Like, were you using them or you just started eating cleaner at that point? My, you know, my parents owned the supplement store, so they were pretty cautious on what they let me use. Sure. Different supplements and things. So they let me use protein powder was, was a no brainer. You know, it's just food for the most part. Creatine, they made me wait till I was 16 years old. And at 16, I tried optimum nutrition, preload creatine or something. And I remember it was load. It was all sugar. Yeah. Sugar and creatine with some aminos. And I, I, for how much sugar was in it, it tasted absolutely terrible. Uh, <laughs> and to be, you know, to be honest, I was really excited about creatine because I had heard everybody gets these huge water weight gains. And I was in high school. I didn't care. I just wanted the extra size. And yeah. I hardly got anything from it. I'm, I'm, a very, I'm a very low responder to creatine versus a lot of other people that are out there. Got it. Got it. Uh, okay. So, um, so that was in high school. Then you went in and you said you did your first show at, at 20. Yep. Were you like on the younger side of that doing a bodybuilding show? Uh-huh. I was going to say, cause I feel like more people do it when they're a little bit older At yeah. least back then. Right. You know, 14 years. Yeah, it's, it's definitely more, more popular now. Yeah. 2008 yeah. was the first show I did. Um, and yeah, it was, I think I barely missed the teenage range, you know, 19. I could have, I was right. I think within a year of doing that, you know, I think it was maybe November, my birthday is in March. So, you know, six months or so. Um, but definitely very few people that got into it that young. Nowadays, it's a lot more popular. TikTok yeah. and Instagram and everything is really pushing people into it, which is cool. But back then, whenever I competed, I mean, I knew maybe three people in my city that had done bodybuilding shows. And right. now it's just extremely popular. Right, blown up. So mm-hmm. you and I have similar. Uh, we've got, How many shows have you done now? Did you? Did you um, probably, I don't know for sure. I would say six, six. is where I was. I didn't do, I didn't compete all the time. It was such a bear for me whenever I was competing. It was not something I wanted to do every year. So yeah, people that, uh, that have never done bodybuilding. Um, I, I personally have, I've done a lot of fitness shoots, but like 
it is, I mean, the, the diet and the strict eating and um, just, it is a lot on the body, mentally, emotionally, it's a lot. So to, to do six, yeah. that seems like a lot. Uh, to, and to it was, through it was about 20, 20 weeks was usually the diet. So I'd go mm-hmm. for five months, slow in the beginning. It was really easy first two months, things like that. But about, you know, when you got 12 weeks left and you're already drained, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Yeah, this. So it was, <laughs> it was tough. It was tough, but you know, it was, it was fun. I feel, you know, I'm past that portion of my life at this point. I really had a lot of fun with bodybuilding and it's just a different direction. At this point. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I have to ask you because you've been in the supplement industry for so long uh, and you talked about Matt, you know, the magazines. So I think most men have seen the, the bodybuilding magazines. You see these guys that are just jacked and on all sorts of stuff. Yep. I mean, to be honest, how many of them actually take the supplement that they're advertised with in the magazine? Like, is it, is it common or are they just like, like here, I, I tasted it once and I'm going to do a photo shoot with holding the, the canister. I'd say it's probably pretty common that back when we were looking at the magazines, they probably didn't use a whole lot of what they were actually promoting. Yeah. I remember a story. I can't, I don't remember the names or anything, but uh, you know, we had all the different supplement reps that would come to our stores and they would tell us, oh, this bodybuilder is sponsored by this company over here, but he actually uses our product, you know, and he trades the stuff he gets for free, sells it to his buddies and he uses our stuff. And so I think there was a lot of that going on. Nowadays, I think there's definitely a lot more using supplements than before. Um, back then it was, there wasn't a lot, you know, it was protein, creatine, aminos, uh, new pre-workouts were relatively new that kind of thing. So there wasn't a ton, but they're definitely using more anabolics and things like that that are going right. to do, you know, much more than a, than a supplement would. Right. M- more than some watered, watered creatine, uh, intake, right? Like, yeah. So, so, okay. And with your company, you know, we, we started to talk about this. I said, how are you doing? Um, we started talking about the industry, um, and these mm-hmm. companies that kind of blow up. Um, yeah. and, and I think most of the men listening to this are pretty, uh, knowledgeable and savvy to understand like a lot of these influencers on, on Instagram and things like that. They, they come out with this, you know, Hey, promote this supplement. You have 3 million followers, even though you don't know much about it, just push it and they get, you know, kickback. For so, sure. so, so yeah, talk to us a little bit about how companies like in the supplement world are either growing mm-hmm. or, um, spiking things, things like that. Yeah. So it depends on how far you go back, right? Because different companies, like there were companies that the big names that got their start and why they're such big names, which, you know, they're big maybe 10 years ago and they've started to come down a little bit since then, but they started with ProHormones, you know, which was essentially designer steroids at the time. Mm-hmm. And that really, that got their name going. Today it's different. You know, there's less of that, but the same idea still happens in different ways. The influencer way is the easiest. Either the influencer is, you know, starting his own brand or her brand, or somebody partners with them to start their own brand, or they're just hired by the company. I mean, that's the fastest way you could get your name out there, whether or not they believe in the products or not. It's really who's got the deeper pockets. You know, there's plenty of these companies that are spending $100,000 just on Facebook ads every month. And it's just insane. They're huge companies. And so uh, the other side of that is, is just like the, the pro hormones that were made, you know, in the early 2000s that really got some of these companies going in the late 90s, that kind of thing. The new stuff is really what kind of gray area supplements can you create? SARMs are really big, but SARMs are technically illegal at this point in time. People still sell them, whether or not the law is enforced. SARMs is a big one, but really it's, it's different ingredients. Like uh, DMAA was huge in pre-workouts for a while. They took that off the market. They claimed it was from geranium plants. It was never from a geranium plant. It was a designer stimulant they created. <laughs> 
And so that one's not allowed to be made anymore. That was what was in the old Jack. So that gets the product going. Nowadays, it's DMHA, which is, again, one of those ingredients that's not really approved. It's definitely not approved. Insurance companies aren't going to cover you for it. But if you put it in a pre-workout and you're selling it to different retail stores or you're selling it on the internet, it hits pretty hard. And for that reason, some people will get their foot in the door because even if you say, hey, I've got a pre-workout with DMHA, well, you got an ear that's going to listen in the retail industry quite a bit more, which makes our, our battle a little bit more of an uphill battle because all of our products are compliant. You know, I'm not putting anything in products that I would have to take out even in a year or two. Like I formulated 1.21, our, our uh, really high energy pre-workout, you know, five years ago, nothing's changed. Everything's the exact same because when it worked, it worked great. And I don't expect anything to be taken off of there, but the government does come in and say, you know, these ingredients are are on the watch list. You should probably get rid of these. And then eventually they go to the banning the different ingredients. So the game in supplements a lot of times is, you know, how long can you get away with something like that to build your brand before sure. you get caught or before you discontinue it and things like that. So there's a lot of that in the industry for sure. And and do you see a lot of companies though, that, that, that push like an influencer kind of rise and fall pretty quick too, because the, all of a sudden yeah. the market's like this never really worked or. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think the, the way I describe it to, to my team and the way I talk about it is that those are like the flash in a pan. Like they're there to make a buck. They're going to get to the top of the industry as fast as possible. And they're going to eventually, there's no, there's no foundation. There's nothing they were really built off of except for this one influencer's popularity. And then the brand, brand popularity starts to go down after a while when people realize the products aren't as good as they thought they were or, you know, some other issues that go into the, into the brand. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, with, with your supplements, um, if so, and, and I'm encouraging everybody on here to you know check out his website. We'll t- we'll talk about how to how to uh, reach Jared, how to find his website, things like that. But you know, one of the reasons I work with you and and with the muscular gentleman is because just what you explained the the integrity behind the company and what you're putting into this uh, into these supplements is is regulated by you and. It's, it's like you have a standard above a lot of these other companies. You're not going to push, you know, just an influencer just to get a rise. Um, yeah. But also knowing that your supplement uh, ingredients are pure and, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, not, not on a watch list. So do you, yeah. do you get like an email, like, or what do you, do you get letters in the mail saying like, here's the products that are like on the chopping block? No, you have to, you have to pay attention to that stuff. I mean, the IRS, I almost said the IRS there, the FDA. Yeah. We'll release different stuff on their website. That's usually the place that you find it okay. the easiest. Is the FDA watch list. Hey, these, these ingredients are on there. You know, essentially, they're not illegal, but we're watching them. You probably should take them out of your products. And eventually, they'll go after you a lot of times and send you a warning letter. Hey, you're using these products that are on our watch list. They really shouldn't be in there. You need to take them out of your, out of your product. So we've never gotten one of those letters, but they're pretty common. You can, you can find FDA warning letters. If you just Google FDA warning letters plus the brand, that you're looking up, you'll probably find some FDA warning letters. And what did they end up just like rating some of these companies that don't comply? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times they'll rate the manufacturing companies or they'll rate the companies themselves. I mean, there was a big issue with uh, Blackstone Labs uh, just a few years ago. The two owners, I think, are doing doing jail time soon because they were selling pro-hormones and things that were illegal at the time, but they made a huge business out of it. And there was videos of them driving Lamborghinis having these mansions, you know, everything, they were living the top of their, top of their life right there, but now they're going to prison. So, <laughs> yeah. so say goodbye to your not, life. It's not worth it. It's not worth no. it. No. So uh, that's, that's hilarious. Um, 
with your with your line so um a lot of the guys on here most of the men that come to me they want to obviously they want both right they want everything they want to put on muscle they want to they want to get ripped um and and i you know with my men i obviously you know this i teach minimal amount like i always tell my men look if you can't get your diet in check the supplements you're going to dump on top of this you know whatever your junk food you're eating now is not going to be this effective mode of getting to where you want to go. Right. Like, yeah. so let's get the diet in check first. Then we'll add supplements as a way to, you know, improve and make everything easier, better, all that stuff. So what would you yep. say are kind of the best supplements, even from your line alone, um, for yeah. me to consider right off the bat? You know, I'm, I'm really big on foundation supplements, which are your protein powder is always number one. It's just a food source, just yeah. easy to get in. For ours, it's the quality of it. It's the digestion. That's all very good, very easy, and, and tastes great, right? So that's number one by far. And it's hard to say it's a supplement because it's it's food by itself. There's really not much added. It's food plus a little flavoring that we've added to it. And that's really all that's in, in the whey protein. Uh, number two would really be a creatine product. I would say, you know, creatine. I like, obviously, our Creagon is the one that I'm a big fan of. But creatine in general, I think, is the thing that most people would notice the biggest difference from uh, pretty quick, in fact by adding it in, that kind of thing really makes a difference for people. And then after that, usually it's an amino acid product. So usually a BCAA or something like that, that'll help with muscle recovery. Those are my, those are my standards. Like if anybody's going to get on anything, that's like your, your top three that I think are the most important. After that, it kind of goes towards the goal. You know, anybody that's trying to, to lose body fat would still use protein, creatine and BCAAs. In my opinion, yeah. anybody building muscle would use the same three. So they're kind of year round, you know, foundational items. And those are the most important. They're also, they're found in so many different products. So it's really, you know, how are you going to differentiate the products? How are they different from other people's and things like that? And a lot of times it comes down to the flavoring and, you know, mixability and quality of the ingredients. So I use your Creagon. I absolutely love it. Um, and your whey protein isolate, you know, I always recommend the isolate to people because yeah. I, I, I try to put my men on kind of a lactose-free, gluten-free. Mm -hmm. I just want to take the inflammation that they've kind of done to their body with all the junk food and just mm -hmm. blame the body, let them feel better, uh, get the digestion back, which can take a lot of time. Um, so I, I try to take out those foods that cause issues and doesn't mean they're allergic to gluten, things like that. It's just, if I can steer them away from it, I can calm the system down for most of my men. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys have a great weight, uh, protein isolate. I think it's called ISO authority, right? Ice authority. Yeah. Ice authority. Great, great protein. I love that. The creatine. I, and I, I, maybe I'm misspeaking here, but isn't creatine like the most uh, researched supplement like on the planet? Yeah. Creatine. I mean, maybe, maybe whey protein beats it or something, yeah. you know, but creatine in terms of supplements, I, yeah, by far the most, the most researched out of any of them. And they use the standard form of creatine monohydrate most of their, most of their studies. So, which we use a blend, you know, creatine monohydrate is the most studied out of everything. Uh, but just experience has taught me that it's by itself, it's not the best. You know, so many different people coming in the stores uh, had problems with uh, stomach issues from creatine monohydrate, which can give you diarrhea or bloating in your stomach. Uh, improper absorption from it can cause water retention in the skin so that you look more bloated. The water retention that you hold from creatine really should be in the muscle. It shouldn't be in the skin. So if you do gain some water weight from it, it shouldn't be crazy. And it should never be, you know, like you look more bloated, it's, you know, more muscular is really the way it should be. And so we took the creatine monohydrate, which is kind of one of the base ingredients that we use, and we cut it down a little bit and mixed it with two other ingredients, which is dicreatine malate and creatine magnesium chelate. 
And so the two different ones work together. They absorb better than creatine monohydrate in the first place, but they also have different benefits to them. So the magnesium and the creatine magnesium chelate keeps your stomach from destroying the creatine and having the stomach issues that you would normally have. The dicreatine malate offers the malic acid that's in there that also goes into your Krebs cycle for energy production for ATP. And so both of those have their own unique benefits, plus the benefits of absorption. And then we also stacked it with an ingredient called Russian tarragon. And we used a, a form of it that's, that's water soluble, mixes a lot better than a lot of the rest of them. And the Russian tarragon really helps the creatine monohydrate to absorb without a lot of extra sugar because creatine monohydrate needs some sort of driver to get into the muscle by itself. It just doesn't absorb very well, which is one of the issues that people have. And so creatine traditionally had to be mixed with sugar or something that would spike your insulin levels to be the insulin was the driver to push those nutrients, that creatine in the muscle. And so with Russian tarragon, we can get rid of that. It kind of works as that driver by itself. And when it's combined with those other two types of creatine, it's just been a, a fantastic result that we've had with that. Product. Look, and I could speak from experience for, for well over a couple of years of using this. I love it. I mean, I can actually notice a difference. Like if I've been off for a couple of weeks or something like that, and I, I, I can notice it the day of taking it. I mean, it's that yeah. quick. I mean, um, and, and here's what he was saying was the ATPs that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jared, but like when you, let's say you're bench pressing, right? This is that common example. And you yep. get to that rep where you can't push anymore and you're stuck. It's, it's basically your body saying, look, I'm out of ATPs. I don't have the energy um, to, to push myself for another rep. The creatine can kind of spike your ATP levels to where you do eke out maybe one or two more reps where you would have stopped previously. Uh, yeah. Does that kind of uh, make sense? So now you're able to build a little bit more strength, break down a little bit more fiber to, to build your muscle. And like mm -hmm. he said, you'll start to basically shuttle water into the muscle cells to get a little bit of size. It's not permanent. So it's if you stop taking creatine, that water is going to go away. Um, mm -hmm. it, it is a nice enhancer and it does kind of help you eke out more reps and push a little harder in the gym, which is, which yeah. is right. Whether you're losing weight or not. Yeah. And from set to set, I mean, the recovery process from one set to the next set is faster with creatine in there. So even though, yeah, that last rep and things like that are going to be in, be enhanced and be a little easier, yeah. you're going to notice that the recovery from set to set will be a bigger difference for people and strength, strength increases is the biggest thing you would notice for creatine. It's just that endurance in the gym and noticing I'm getting, it seems a little easier, you know, I'm bench pressing 225 or whatever. And it's like, why does this feel just a little bit easier than it did? And that's creatine. It gives you that edge to gain strength a little bit easier. Right. Right. And you know, I, look, I've had, I've had men talk to me like, Oh, is this something I should worry about? Look, the, the safety of this stuff is, has been so well researched and you know, you can eat a steak and end up getting creatine in your system. So it's not like yeah. you're not intaking it already. This is just a, mm -hmm. a higher dose. Um, but the, the side effects are next to nothing, right? Um, you're not going to, unless you just don't seem to, like you said, some people with creatine monohydrate gets upset stomachs and stuff like that, but yeah, not going to take you further than that. So uh, definitely. And there is, sorry, there's, there's about 10% of people that are creatine non-responders completely. Mm. So they'll try creatine. So if anybody watching this has tried creatine, didn't get anything from it, tried multiple brands, it's possible that either you already have a sufficient amount of creatine already in your body through the food or through your body's own production of creatine, um, that may be part of it, or maybe you just don't respond to it. There's about, yeah, one out of 10 that don't, don't get anything out of creatine. 10%. That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's high natural creatine levels. I think that's, if I'm remembering right, I think they already had it. Absolutely. These people, if they never had creatine before, they may stand out from other people and their performance ability, you know, in sports and things like that might've been a little bit better otherwise anyway. 
Right, right. And and for those listening, I know I said you can get this from steak, but that doesn't mean go gorge on like a 32-ounce steak and think you're gonna go go lift really well in the gym. It's it's not quite like that. So uh it takes, I, if I remember right, it was about two pounds of meat, beef specifically, to get about that five grams of creatine. So you'd have to be two pounds a day. And there's that some people that do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a lot. Uh so you mentioned BCAA. So the way protein, yeah. like you said, it's a food, it's, it's a given, um, yep. you know, in order to get your, and most people look, maybe you're, I think you're going to agree with me on this. I swear every time I get people asking for help and, and tips on how to get in shape and feel, most people do not consume enough protein. I, yep. I just can't stress this enough. If you're not getting protein in all your meals and snacks, you're probably not getting enough. It's just seems to be on the low end for so many people. Um, even if, if you're not specifically watching and trying, there's no chance you're getting close. I right. mean, because once you start paying attention, you realize how much more effort it takes to get that protein in that you're trying to get in. I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And, and that's, what's frustrating as a, as a, uh, you know, fitness, uh, coach and trainer, it's, it's like, even some of the people that I tell that to, then they'll come back to me like, well, I'm eating oatmeal for breakfast. I'm like, where's your eggs? Where's your protein? Mm-hmm. Where's, yep. where's the protein? We talked about that. <laughs> And, and somehow it just, it slips their mind, but yeah, protein. Yes. And that's why whey protein isolate or, or supplement like that. It's just so much easier. You know, a couple scoops, I get 50 grams like right into my system. Um, yep. And so, and, and two, the research out there, and I talk about this in my program with my men, the research out there showing that it's really not going to happen to, to hurt the body. Get it. You're not going to get too much protein. You're not going to damage the kidneys. You're going to have liver failure. None of these things are going to happen with too much protein. You know, um, they've even they've even done studies on the kidney the kidney question because that was always the common one. If you right. take too much protein, your kidneys start to get affected, and your kidneys are the ones that filter protein out. But uh, the, all the studies have pointed in the opposite direction that there's no problem with protein. Yep. Yep. And that's yeah. the research. I actually found all the research, and I put it into my program for me, like, look, go read. I'm showing you meta-analysis studies. You're not going to hurt yourself. (laughs) Um, But if we over carb load, well, here comes the fat, right? Or if we over, if we intake a ton of too much fat, like there's just so many other things that they should be worried about than getting too much protein. Just go for it, you know? Um, But yeah, okay. So protein is great. The BCAAs, and you mentioned Mm -hmm. this as something that supplement companies were doing in a negative response to selling whey protein uh, powders, they were spiking it with amino acids, right? Yes. Yes. And so can you explain a little bit like why that's an issue um, and, and the problem behind that, but also we'll kind of dive in why BCAAs are a great supplement to look into as well. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, the easiest answer is that not all, not all amino acids cost. That's the easiest thing you could say. So Certain amino acids like glycine and alanine and things like that are dirt cheap byproducts of other things that are produced almost throwaway ingredients. In the in the scheme of muscle building, in terms of uh, essential amino acid versus non-essential, they're non-essential. They're not your essential amino acids, and they really don't go towards the muscle building process. The reason they put them in the protein was because they can claim it as as protein on the label. So if you put 15 grams of protein in there, and then you put 10 grams of you know aminos that are cheap you can claim there was 25 grams of protein in there and you just didn't know that you were getting aminos in there because technically they're all nitrogen. It's a nitrogen test. So if you test for nitrogen, yep, there's 25 grams of protein and nitrogen in there for the product. So, you know, legally it was correct at the time. Uh, I think they might've changed this a little bit. You may have to list it on your label. And 
even some of these companies will list them on their label as if they were some sort of added benefit, but really it was taking away from the quality of what you were getting because it was not an intact, you know, full chain protein. It was just some extra aminos that really were not the beneficial ones that you needed. Yeah. So, okay. So when you buy your protein, you're getting, yep. if it says 25 grams of protein, you're getting 25 grams of absolutely protein, right? Yep. Which is, you know, that's the goal uh, of when you're purchasing a supplement. Um, but BCAAs do serve a, a, an incredible purpose and, and I use them through you guys as well. Those actually, the three you named are ones that I, I use continually. Um, but yeah. the BCAAs, I've tried, I don't know, dozens of BCAAs from different companies. Yeah. I always fall back to yours on, on taste and flavor. It's just yeah. always the best. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about why BCAAs are so important for people to use because yeah. skip over them or they'll read some articles saying that they're not needed. Mm -hmm. I, I love them. I feel a difference. I know they're, they're helping me. Yeah. So, you know, BCAs are one of those times where it wouldn't be a blanket recommendation. Everybody should always use BCAs because there are situations where the BCAs are not as beneficial. But before I, before I get into that, it's the BCAs are, you know, so if you took all of the amino acids in, in protein, right, and separate them out into the, the essential amino acids and the non-essential amino acids, the essential amino acids you have to eat through food, and then you can actually produce all of these non-essentials from the essential amino acids. So as long as you get the essential amino acids in, everything's taken care of. Most proteins, complete proteins, like whey protein, have all of them, right? In the essential amino acids, there's three that are most responsible for building muscle, and that's leucine, isoleucine, and valine. And those are the three branch chain amino acids. So really what they're doing is, especially leucine, is kicking up muscle protein synthesis, your ability to build and recover muscle. And so you're spiking that level of muscle protein synthesis. So your body will use all of those other amino acids you're getting through protein powders, through chicken and eggs and all that stuff. And it uses those more efficiently to recover and build the muscle. So it's like, it's like you're priming everything so that you can recover faster with BCA. Now in the situations where it's beneficial versus not beneficial for people, I think it comes down to the lifestyle of the person and the goal. You know, for somebody that's eating an adequate amount of protein and is trying to bulk up and has extra calories for the most part, they're not going to get a huge benefit from BCAAs as much as somebody on the opposite end of the spectrum would. Somebody that's dieting, that isn't hitting their calorie totals as well, you know, whether or not they're high enough on protein, those people benefit the most out of all of it. So in dieting phases, incredibly important. Bulking phases is not as important, but the biggest problem that we run into is that most people are not taking in an adequate amount of protein. And so BCAAs help you take that protein a little bit further by increasing that muscle protein synthesis. So if you are taking a little bit less than optimal, BCAAs will actually give you a lot more of a benefit than if you were taking a you know full dose of protein, you know whatever your body weight is or, or extra per, per day in protein. Yeah, it's funny because see, I don't ever really go into a bulking phase. I, I just, yeah. I'm always trying to stay lean and, and shredded. And so for yep. me, I feel like I know I get enough protein, <clears throat> but I notice a significant difference in recovery and yep. DOMS, right? That that delayed onset muscle soreness. I I don't know why, but if I make sure I'm upkeeping enough of the, and, and like you said, I, I am still getting BCAAs technically, even through the protein powder. Uh, it's just not spiked in a, in the wrong way, but, um, I'm getting it through that. Um, obviously my, my beef and chicken and all the meats that I eat, but I, I don't know why, but if I spike it high enough with BCAAs, I can recover really quickly and yeah. I don't take it. I notice my soreness 
kind of linger a little bit more, uh, which yeah. I find really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Likely, I mean, likely due to you're just not taking an excess amount of calories. That's right. the biggest thing for recovery. People that are taking a, a ton of extra calories generally have a little bit better recovery. But BCAAs, I mean, I still use them year round, even if I was bulking or not. I mean, it's kind of an insurance policy for me. And they're so cheap, yeah. you know, that it's really just, it's no reason not to add them in there. But, you know, say you had a, a guy that was really strapped for cash and couldn't make it. It's, the BCAAs would be the one that I would drop. Protein and creatine, I would drop. I, yeah, that makes sense. That's good. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, uh, the way protein, it's just one of those, it, technically it's a cheaper way to get more protein in the system than the steak or, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. So, um, the way protein makes sense for a budget, the creatine, it's just one of those extra ways to keep your workouts all, you know, going consistently and the BCAs. Yeah. It, it's so cheap though, that it's kind of like, an extra bonus for me too. I, I, you know, it's because I steer away from sugar so much and mm -hmm. so often that it's a nice sweet treat to have, you know, yeah. throughout the day. Uh, cause the flavors you guys have are phenomenal. Um, Thanks. so those three supplements now, again, I'm going to repeat this because the men listening somehow are going to get excited about these ideas. But if you're just eating McDonald's and fast food and you're just going through life eating all this fast food, adding even these supplements are not going to do anything um, because you're, it's like, it's like, you know, somebody saying, Oh, I, I drink a bottle of Jack a day and I smoke two packs of cigarettes. But if I add flaxseed to my cereal, like, am I going to get better? No, you're not <laughs> going to get better because we haven't addressed the main issues, right? So address the, the food first before thinking that the whey protein uh, shakes and the, the Creagon are going to like do anything special with this terrible, terrible diet. So yeah. once those are in check, these will actually make a big difference and they'll help you eat well. So it's not like you can't purchase it and start a good diet. Just don't think that putting it on top of junk food is going to fix anything. Definitely. And you notice, you notice the differences the most, in my opinion, when you get the diet right mm -hmm. and you start seeing the results and then you add in the supplements and they just kick it up even higher. Like it's, they work synergistically, but the supplements by themselves, they're just not strong enough to make that big difference. The things that are that strong are truly just not legal at this point, it may not be healthy for you either. And so you've got to find that fine line of how do you add extra or supplement your diet and get more out of it. But it's not, it's not a diet replacement or anything like that by Right. I agree. It, that, I think that's one of the most common things that I see happen is, is people jump to the supplements before even addressing just the basic, Absolutely. Right, the foundation. Absolutely. Now, yeah, yeah. when you are in check, you know, your diet's clean, mm -hmm. your body fat's where you want it to be. And you're, you're taking these main three supplements, the whey protein or the ice authority, the Creagon and the, the, is it amino factor is, is your amino name. factor. Yep. Uh, those three, I have to bring up main brain because this is a supplement that Jared has sent to me. And I noticed a huge difference in the gym. Again, I, my diet's in check. I'm consistently lifting five, six times a week. But when I'm on that stuff, I don't know what's happening, man, but I, it's amazing. <laughs> my, my rep counts go up. I, I actually feel my, my, I'm having to add more weight. Um, but yeah, I noticed a significant difference about two weeks into taking it. Um, what's happening with this stuff? Because <laughs> Clean. I don't have side effects. I yep. think the, the only side effect is maybe once or twice I've gotten a headache. Yep. Um, and I don't know if that was hydration problems or what, but. 
It could be. So the three ingredients that are in main brain, the whole, the whole idea of main brain was a physical and mental performance enhancer. That's not caffeine based. It's not stimulant based, not a pre-workout, but it actually helps you perform better in the gym, in the office, on the field, wherever it is on your day-to-day life. So the three ingredients, uh, one of them is lion's mane, which is really good for mental focus, for memory enhancement, for things like that. It's really kicked things up there. They've even found it, found it as uh, beneficial to fight Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that. So really good ingredient for that mental focus to push you through your workout, to you know get all your stuff done throughout the day. And then the other two ingredients are really the performance-based ingredients. So there's Pico2 and LVATP. And LVATP works not like creatine, but the same end goal is to increase ATP production, right? So you're increasing more of that usable energy source that you can have for those quick, you know, bursts of, of strength in the gym. And then Pico2, uh, it's actually a blend of all these different mushrooms. I think it's seven different mushroom extracts that they put together that all help with, I mean, the studies show VO2 max increase, strength increase, recovery increase. I mean, just a tremendous amount of things that it helps with in your performance from just the Pico too. So all three of them together seem to work really well for, you know, just feeling better, performing better in the gym, things like that. And it's, and it's a great addition, especially for somebody, even somebody that's not into lifting as much as we are, but you know, I've got a bunch of MMA guys that, that I work with. Those guys love something like main brain because it helps with their endurance, their focus, you know, and uh, even recovery after the workouts and things, but they're not, they're not lifting as heavy. So it's real versatile for who it's going to work for too. That's cool. Now, even let's say let's go outside of an MMA fighter. What about like, let's go to something kind of more like a golfer. Like if if I were to recommend that to a golfer, like, Hey, take this, you know, Mm -hmm. before you're around a golf, I would, I would think that it would probably make a difference. Yeah. It depends. I'm not a big golfer, so I'm not (laughs) going to be able to tell you much on golf. I think the, the mental clarity aspect for sure, that's where they think in golf is definitely going to be more of a mental game. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot from the mechanics of the game, but I imagine a big part of it's mental. That's where it's going to help the most. I think it's, it would benefit more for somebody that's doing a strenuous exercise, going for a heavier weight, things like that. So it would, it would help somebody that plays basketball more than maybe a golfer or something like that to be able to run up and down the court and keep up with people, feel better when they're doing it, that kind of thing. Got it. Got it. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I just in the gym now, is that common for like a two week kind of response rate or can mm-hmm. people notice it right away? I, for, for whatever reason, the, the biggest jump for me was about two weeks in where I just was yeah, like, yeah. wow. Um, yeah. Okay. May, so lion's mane would be um, possibly the same day you take it. Okay. That would be the one ingredient I think you would notice maybe the day you took it. Maybe you, you have a better mental clarity. Maybe you concentrate better whatever it is, but it gets better as you, as you take it longer on that ingredient. The other ingredients like Pico2 and LVATP, I don't remember the exact time frame for results, but they were relatively short. Something like two weeks was the time frame that they tested. So it's not a long-term ingredient for results or anything like that. I love that because there's so many supplements out there that are like, you need to go through about two or three bottles before you start seeing <laughs> I'm like, I don't have time to, in the, I don't want to waste money doing that. No, I mean, no. I, I, I did notice stuff uh, really quickly for that, which was, which was awesome. That's and awesome. With the listeners, you know, the whey protein, the, the Creagon and the BCAAs, those are all immediate too. You don't have to go through jars of this stuff to, to get yeah. the, the uh, response for that too. But yeah. Yeah. The main brain. Now there was another supplement that I take with you guys and I call it my like power three. So I take main brain. I take your Creagon and then I actually take, I think the Creagon I use is flavorless because I mix it with mm-hmm. a, a caffeine free um, pre-workout and I'm, I'm spacing on the name. It's literally pump, pump capacitor. Yeah. Pump capacitor. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but if I add, if I take those three about 30, 40 minutes before my workout, it it's on. I mean, <laughs> headphones are in, my hat's low. I'm not looking yep. at everybody and I am like, I go to town. So uh, can we talk about that one? I, I like the caffeine free options for mm-hmm. people just because the stimulants, I kind of try to steer away uh, people away sure. from, but that stuff works. I and mean, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So there's two products. There's actually pump capacitor and Mr. Fusion, and they are identical in every way except for the caffeine because my experience in the store we had people that would uh so one brand for example you know back when i was in the store had a caffeine free option and in the same product so as if it was mr fusion and mr fusion caffeine free Mm. and i got people that would buy the mr fusion caffeine free all the time on accident they bring it up to the counter and i would i would be chatting with them like did you know this is the caffeine free one Oh man, thanks for telling me. I had no idea. And so <laughs> it happened so often that I separated the two names okay. and I made Mr. Fusion with a little bit of caffeine. That's really about 150 milligrams of the time release. So pretty smooth, nothing crazy, more for focus. And then pump capacitor without any caffeine in there. And so the, the whole idea behind pump capacitor is to enhance muscular endurance, push you through your workout, give you better blood flow, muscle pump, endurance, strength, and a little bit of focus to really push you through the workout and have a better workout, but without any caffeine, without any stimulants that are making you do that. So everything going on behind the scenes is really supporting the muscle, supporting your body while you're working out rather than just stimulating it and making you just crack out and, and work out real hard because of that stimulant effect. I do like that, that uh, the release that you're saying that time released caffeine, yep. because I've taken pre-workouts. For, I'm not a huge pre-workout guy, the, yeah. the pump capacitor stuff is spot on for me. I, I love it. I never, but like the jittery feelings that people get, I, I'm assuming you avoided that by doing that, that release time release with. The yeah. Guy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's- and technically, technically we've got five different pre-workouts now because you got to make stuff. Everybody likes different things. Right. Sure. So yep. I've got the, the 1.21, which is for our, you know, stem junkies. They want that small scoop with a ton of caffeine and they want to take that before they go to the gym. And that's what pushes them through. And that's what they like. So that's what I designed for them. Uh, then you got Mr. Mr. Fusion. I really designed Mr. Fusion for me more than I wanted a little bit of caffeine, time release. I wanted great muscle pumps, endurance. But then at the same time, I wanted to use it sometimes late at night. So pump capacitor was really what came from that. So I created those two kind of from that same idea. But now we've got um, Giant's Brew and we have Cardio Plus. So Giant's Brew is kind of like if you took Mr. Fusion and you took 1.21 and you kind of like put them together and added some extra stuff and try to make it as strong as possible. Right. So high pump, high endurance, high stem, uh, hydration blends that added into that one, that kind of thing. And then cardio flux is for the people that are wanting to do different workouts for fat loss. Maybe they're focused on cardio. Maybe they're focused on circuit training. Their real goal is just losing weight and it's not anything else. And that one helps heat you up, burn more calories. You're going to sweat a whole lot more. There's some different ingredients that really heat you up and cause some extra sweating. So you, you'll be hotter when you're in the gym, but uh, for a good reason on that one sure, sure so that's kind of the five different ones that are out that's awesome yeah, yeah. pre-workouts are definitely a thing I, you know we didn't have that growing up there wasn't like a no. workout you had creatine but yep. there wasn't a pre-workout thing going on uh now it's like all the craze right absolutely um, but uh but yeah i mean I'll, I'll be an advocate for it especially for for like your i mean it, i don't love the gym uh or the uh, stem junkies i try I try to tell my yeah. man, let's come down a little bit let's stay level, yeah. but, you know, your pump capacitor and, and even what you just said, the, um, Mr. Fusion, great concept. Yep. And, you know, I have nothing to get caffeine. I, I, 
either I'll intermittent fast from caffeine. <laughs> I'll take like 30 days, reset my system, but I still use okay. caffeine because it's yeah. effective. Um, but I try to clear my system at, you know, every once in a while, like twice a year, I'll go 30 days off. Um, yeah. and then I, then I come back on. I'm like, Ooh, that stuff works. So yeah, I think caffeine's fine. It's just, I do think that most people need way too much. Um, <laughs> kind of there's, there's the level of use and then right. there's a level of abuse. And right. I think most people are leaning towards abuse yes. and, you know, yes. they'll take, they'll take my 121 high energy and they'll drink energy drinks throughout the day and things like that. It's just a recipe for your, your adrenals not to respond to that kind of stuff eventually. And to be fair, my first bodybuilding show, this happened to me. Uh, I was a month out my first bodybuilding show and I was just in this, this fog, this haze. Like I was halfway awake the whole time. You know, I couldn't quite wake up and I was like, man, I do not know what I'm going to do. I drink an energy drink or I take caffeine or, you know, something like that. No effect. Like it, it wasn't even getting me to normal at that point in time. And I actually had found a, a product that helps to support your adrenals and give you some of the extra help for your adrenals. And I started taking that and within three days. I noticed a huge difference. Oh, that's and so cool. it is a, it's, that's the only way I finished that show. I don't know if I would have otherwise, but you can definitely go way too far on caffeine to the point where it's just going to just shut down and you won't get anything out of it. I, and I'm going to try to use this as a real, cause that's a great quote, but there's like effective use and there's abuse, yes, right? Like for sure. <laughs> and that can go with so many things in life. I mean, there's, there's something where it's like, this is going to work and it's effective, but now we're, yep. we're abusing it. Like it's taking it too far. So that's great. But, and, and even the use of it, eventually you're no longer getting that bump from it. You're actually just going back to normal caffeine for most people brings them back to that baseline normal level for them rather than taking them into a new level of performance. Right. Right. Um, so I do want to talk about a little bit because the supplement industry is very interesting in the sense that it's not regulated. I mean, I know the FDA is like looking for what not to have in your stuff, but they don't, they don't regulate the purity levels, um, quite the same. I mean, somehow these spiked companies with proteins were somehow got found out. Right. But, um, yeah, Everybody has these third parties. Can you tell us a little bit about how Nutrithority maintains their, your purity levels and, you know, mm -hmm. the integrity of the company? Yeah. I mean, on, on the front end, every time ingredients come in, and now this is done at my manufacturer, it's not done by me personally, because we use contract manufacturing where there's guys that set up these multi-million dollar facilities. They're the ones that are making your bottle. I'm not making it here in my warehouse, putting stuff in your bottles or anything, which is, <laughs> which is good. You don't want me on your kitchen. It. They're the ones. Yeah. There's, there's some big brands that started out like that. You'd be amazed how many people were making pills in the back of their store in their basement or something with little capsule machines. And yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to know, but uh, so contract manufacturers, yeah, they have a lot more of that red tape to deal with when it comes to how are you handling each of these ingredients? What's the chain of command You know all that stuff. But whenever they get ingredients in every single one of them is tested for purity, tested to make sure it is what it is. And they go through all these different tests to make sure they got what they were looking for. And then on our end, whenever we get the product, we'll take a bottle whenever we get it in, we'll send it off to a third party to test for specific things. Testing for every ingredient is sometimes not even possible. Certain, certain ingredients don't have tests that you can test for their presence in the product. Like creatine, you can test to see if there's creatine, but it's hard to test which type of creatine is in the product, for example. But say protein, we send our protein off. I want to know how much protein is in here. I want to know which amino acids are in here specifically so I can see if it was amino spikes because not only am I worried about the consumer getting the right product, I'm also worried about any manufacturer out there not giving me what I ordered. Right. You know, if they can cut corners sometime and they think they've got somebody that doesn't know any better, 
they might give you a lower quality protein. They may give you something else that they may amino spike it and you just don't know. And so we'll send that off. We test for the amino acid content to make sure it's whey protein in the first place, make sure it's not amino spike. And then we test for how much, how much protein's in there, how much nitrogen as well. So we know exactly what we're getting out of it. That's and awesome. so that's, that's kind of how we handle it on our side is how much can we test? And you can't test every bottle every time, but you do put in these, these randomized tests, like, okay, grab a bottle from this new batch that came in. Let's go ship it out before we ever send it out to anybody else. We want to know what we got. And so that's kind of the third party testing. And my manufacturer does that. There's three levels of it. There's the level of ingredients when they get the ingredients in themselves. There's the level of it that they test these products also after they get them, they send them off and they test them and then they send them to me. And then there's also my testing that we do. So we make sure we verify what they've gotten in the first place. Got it. Got it. And don't you live pretty close to your warehouse? I I live like five minutes away from my warehouse. Pretty that's, awesome. <laughs> that's some, that's some, uh, like eagle eye view right there on the company. I mean, like it's great. Yeah. I, I would say a lot of these supplement companies don't live even close. You know, the, the owners don't even live close to their manufacturer or their, or their warehouse or anything. Right. Like it's just uh drop, it's, ship or, you know, who it's knows? all drop ship. Yeah. They put them in fulfillment centers. That's, that's one of the things that's real common is these supplement companies aren't even supplement companies. They're just marketing companies at this point in time. They're, they're not keeping any products themselves. All they're doing is getting them into the fulfillment centers. Fulfillment centers handle everything else themselves. And then they're just trying to market them and sell them themselves. And that's, that's pretty much it. So most of these companies, you go to their facilities, they wouldn't have any products in stock or anything. It's just some guys in some offices, you know, working and that kind of thing. Got it. Yeah. Mar- mm-hmm. Master marketers. <laughs> master marketers. They're better than me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay. So, um, Let's talk a little bit, just because this is the muscular gentleman. We always try to talk about how to level up as men. Um, yeah. Supplements, I think, are huge. I think it's a great way to um, get better at what you're doing in the world of, of getting in shape, um, feeling mm-hmm. better, being the best versions of ourselves. Um, do you mind if I ask, what's your take on masculinity? Masculinity, it changes. You yeah. know, as I <laughs> as I grow, it's, it's a lot different than probably what I thought it was. You know, you grow up with Arnold Schwarzenegger being kind of like the definition of masculine. You get big and bulky and, you know, and Rambo and things like that are really the definitions that I grew up with. And uh, at this point in time, it's a lot different for me, um, even in terms of business. It's, it's really I mean, the most important thing is taking care of my family, obviously. Yeah. But I think that's lost a lot. People will put their own personal pursuits in front of family time and things like that. And well, they'll use that as an excuse for not engaging with their family, spending more time at the office and things like that. And I mean, these days, a big part of it is, is teaching my kids how to grow up, how to be a man. And, and there's a lot of it that you're not taught when you're growing up, how to deal with emotions. Uh, a lot of people are shoving emotions down that they're not experiencing things. Uh, they're, they're uncomfortable. They don't even realize the reason that they're, they're so uncomfortable and they can't say things to other people that make them uncomfortable. And I think for me, that's the biggest thing. Masculinity is, is actually, if I'm, if I'm scared inside here and I'm afraid to, if I can't express an emotion, if I can't, you know, tell somebody how I feel or compliment somebody or something like that. I mean, that's not masculine to me. That's actually, you know, that's more of a cowardice. That's like, but, but it's seen as masculinity in our society. Right. That makes, makes sense. Yeah. It's funny. The, I, uh, in my program, we talk about weak masculinity, which is kind of what you're describing. It's it's yeah, like you're 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 taking what you should be able to use in a positive way, and you're you're becoming weak with it. It's withdrawn, yeah. you know. But and then there's this toxic side. 
Um, so we kind of describe it as, you know, there's true masculinity, which is like your characteristics where you're strong, your leadership, um, yep. the ability to think logically, you know, um, the ability to be decisive and assertive, like in a positive way, but you can take those and you move it, you slide it toward that toxic side. And it's now you're controlling, uh, you're, abusive, yep. you know, it's this toxic masculine. And then on the other end, it's like, like you said, withdrawn, uh, scared, weak, that's that weak masculinity where it's like, you're just, you're not even using these traits that you have in you, these characteristics yeah. kind of pour out of you. I, what's I some, would go ahead. I would go, I would actually say that the toxic side of it is, is just another, another version of the weak side Yeah, because they're, they're hyper-focusing on one aspect of masculinity while repressing a different side of it completely. And yep. so that's in my mind, if you're repressing anything in that way, it's, it's a weak, a weak masculinity. You're not, you're not confident in yourself. You're actually covering up something that you're uncomfortable about in yourself. That's why you're controlling because you can't handle what comes. That's why you want everybody to do things the way you want them to do. That's the why you're checking up on, you know, your wife and things like that. And so controlling is, is really your own issues that you have internally. I love that. That's great. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, and it's funny because I feel like today's society and the media, they take true masculinity and they're calling that toxic. And I'm like, yes. Oh my word. What are we doing? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. we're losing men left and right. Um, they're dropping. And like you said, such an important factor is taking care of our family, being present. I mean, yeah. the, the amount of men that are, or, or boys that are growing up with a fatherless uh, home, you know, or an mm -hmm. absent father is staggering. And, they're, they may be living in the house, but they're just checked out. And that kid's For just sure. watch, emulate, model after this, mm -hmm. this like absent masculine figure, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I listened to a podcast with, um, I don't know if you listen to Jordan Peterson ever, but he yeah. did a great podcast uh, with a guy that wrote a book on masculinity. And he was saying that these shootings that are taking place, they're starting to see, you know, obviously they're all like, middle-aged you know white men or that's common right are, are boys they're, it's it's boys but they're they're living in fatherless homes you know the father's yeah. either in jail uh the father's gone completely or you know he's abusive and but it's this very common theme and for me you know as an advocate toward masculinity as somebody that believes that we need to step up as men and, and become more masculine that seems you know frightening to see that that statistic you know how bad it is um, and it's funny because I actually spoke with one of my men in the program. He's like, well, I'm not a father. And I said, but how many people do you influence in your area or in your sphere of influence that you could be a father figure or a masculine figure to other people to, to like feel that energy from. And he's like, well, I, you know, one of my guys that, that I know, he, he coaches a little league baseball and he's like, man, I, I have so much influence over these kids. I'm like, yeah that's what they need. You know, they need us as men to step up, even for the people that, that aren't our own children to, to help show what masculinity looks like, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, I like your take on that. Um, so what do you think we need to do as a society and as men listening to improve masculinity from kind of a, you could even say global aspect. That is, that's a tough one. There's, there's a lot of it that's traditional. Like when we talk about uh, the protector role, you know, you talk about the provider role, you talk about that kind of thing. That's, that's the traditional version of, of masculinity, the good type to yep. me, right? The person that's, 
that's doing those, uh, influencing others in a positive way. They're taking leadership. They're, they're owning their mistakes, things like that. The stuff that's new to me is the stuff that I wasn't aware of because that was stuff that I tried to live in my life. Um, I think the biggest aspect now is to see, and this is kind of going out into left wheel, but feels a little bit, but it's, it's really seeing what motivates you and seeing what's driving you to get what you want, because that's ultimately where everything's going to come from. And if you're not examining and questioning your motivations for what you want, you're going to, you're going to go after something that you actually don't care about. Like the people like for, take for me, for example, some of this has been a, a relatively new last five years kind of thing. So I've got my oldest is 12 and then I've got two younger, two younger boys, I've got three boys, 12, 10 and eight. And so at a certain point in my life, it was, it was, I need to work, you know, I need to make money. I need to build these companies and it's worth it for whatever sacrifice that I'm making. And I think that's a traditional view of masculinity in the home is that it's, well, we're a provider role. We need to do all those things. But for me, it was actually seeing that that was more of a detriment than it was a help. I need to back off. I need to stop working so much. I need to be with my kids more. I need to be more present with my kids. I need to know how to deal with my anger, my emotions, or, or really what, what's driving me to think that I need to, you know, do bodybuilding shows instead of just staying healthy, you know, because bodybuilding to me is a little bit more status based than just being in shape and being healthy. Well, if the status is driving me and I'm not examining that, I'll sacrifice time with my kids to go be a bodybuilder. Right. I'll sacrifice the right decisions to go in and do the things that are, are self-indulgent and things like that for myself. So I think really it's, it's kind of a, a roundabout way to answer your question. But the thing that's really been the biggest for me lately is questioning all of my, my beliefs and questioning all of my my decisions that I'm making and my motivations to see what, what angle am I coming out of this from? Am I trying to just, you know, make myself, um, you know, more grandiose, higher status, or am I actually, you know, helping my kids, helping other kids, whatever it is, lead a letter, better life, understand how to process things. You know, whenever you, when you tell a kid to, you know, a kid's looking for approval from you. So like my kids come to me, they're looking for approval. You shut them down and you're, you do that enough times, eventually there's this mechanism that they start to have these beliefs about themselves. And that I think we all grew up with that. Our parents either not giving us enough, enough attention or the wrong kinds or things like that. And I think that's the area that we can all improve the most. I think if we paid attention to that, society would be so much different. You know, how we address when my kids come up and talk to me, if I'm busy, do I just halfway listen to them and ignore them? Or do I give them the time of day? Do I actually, you know, chat with them? Do I make them feel important? Or even whenever they're feeling scared or something like that, do I just brush it off and say, oh, there's no reason to be scared. What are you scared for? And it's like, which is just shutting down the way that they feel rather than be like, okay, well, you know, what's, what's going on, man? Why are you so scared? Okay. Let's, you know, let's feel what this feels like to be scared. And then that's okay. Because I think when you're afraid of how the feeling feels is whenever you're not a masculine person, whenever you can handle whatever that feeling feels like and deal with it, then it's completely different types of masculinity. And so that's why I said it's a roundabout way of answering your question. But oh, I I, I loved everything you everything <laughs> you just said. That was so good. That was. Thanks. And here's what I heard you say. You nailed this on the head. People need to understand that they have a purpose, and they need to figure out what that purpose is. Because if you're living out of that purpose, everything else starts to make sense. And then the things that you shouldn't be doing because they're not aligned with that purpose, they they you know you can push them off to the side. And so yeah, yeah. I, I really think masculinity does start with what's your purpose? Why are you here? Yeah. You know, and when you can, when you can answer that question with some certainty, you can start to start living life with some conviction 
and everything starts to flow. You're, you're in alignment, right? With what, what you need to be doing. And you can immediately start to see what, what's not in alignment with a, with a purpose, with no purpose, which is where so many people live out of, you know, it's like, and I've said this in other podcasts, it's like, you're living the nine to five and you're trying to collect as many toys as possible before you die. And just, just, just fill yourself with pleasure, right? Vacations and, you know, crazy food, like all it's just pleasure based living and how many toys you can collect that that's not purpose. And that I can promise I have certainty that I could tell every person on this earth that that's not their purpose. They might argue with me, but I, I truly believe that's not their purpose. So I think that's, you know, such a good key uh, point though, is now you can start to align with, like you said, um, what, why you should be doing something or why you shouldn't be was bodybuilding really your deeper purpose. Probably not, but it also enhanced what you did from selling supplements, things like that. But for sure. But now it's like, okay, I have deeper purpose, my kids. Um, and still like your supplement company is so amazing because you're putting out a product with purity and, and integrity um, in, a, in a world or I'd say an industry that likes, likes to uh, kind of skate us around that, you know? Um, and yeah. so it's nice to have a company like this out there that, that I can recommend with, with integrity and with uh, certainty that they're getting what they should be getting, you know, which is really cool. Um, but right. I like that. Um, with the kids, I struggle with that. You know, um, I, I try to tell myself constantly like, okay, they need reassurance right now and I need to be present with them, but it's hard, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, this Mm -hmm. so quickly. And there's so many things on our to-do list that's like never ending. Um, and, and it's, they're just looking for that security. I like that. Um, or certain, I guess they're looking for, um, validation you know yeah validation acceptance for for who they are i mean right. as a little kid you know there's there's not they're not trying to change who they are they're just they just are who they are and they're all different and so some will need more validation i've got some you know one of my kids that is always around me and the other two are playing video games or watching tv or something like that and one of them is just always on me and he just needs a lot more attention than the other ones do and so i think that there's a the side of masculinity that's softer in that area, I think is, is a really profound way to help your kids, help other people, give them your, your full attention. I think is really a, a hard thing to do, but it's um, incredibly valuable. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's our, it's our job, right? It's our role, our yeah. responsibility as men to provide that. And, and then like we kind of talked about, you see the kids growing up without that, uh, yeah, masculine yeah. And, and that validation. And, and like you said, just the ability to, Hey, I love you for who you are. You know, you're good yeah. enough. Like you've got everything. Um, yeah. When they grow up without that, it creates so many issues, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's excellent. Okay. You just seek, you seek validation all the wrong places, social yeah. media, you know, things like that, girls, drugs, money, yes. whatever it is, that's your, that's your validation. And for, for me, for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's it's the grind of, of building a business or making more money or being more successful. And I think that there's so many traps. You know, I, there was, I think one time I put on my, my Facebook profile, it was, uh, you know, like a bio and it was ignore the dangling carrot because there's always a dangling carrot that's out there in front of you saying, well, if you just work a little bit harder, you'll get this, which to some degree, obviously that's true. Like we, I own my own company. Like I, I work as much as possible, but there's a balance that has to be there. And it's, even if it's not in time, because sometimes your time has to be at, at your company or whatever it is, you know, you got to do what you got to do, 
but whenever you're there, I think that that validation and that acceptance of, of other people just as they are most of the time, but especially your kids, there's nothing, nothing that could be more important. And I think that's something I've tried to look back on my own parents with and even just, you know, notice those situations and things and how, how they made me feel at times. And I'm like, man, I just, I don't want my kids to feel like that. You know, not that my parents were bad parents. They were great, but it's just, we're, we're in a different realm. It's, you know, 2022. And when my parents were raising me in the eighties and nineties, you know, it was just completely different atmosphere, different mentality, things like that. And so we have, to, we have so much more information now. We, we know how this affects kids in the long term. We know what kind of thoughts it puts in their heads whenever you tell them they need to do better and better and better and things like that, rather than just saying, you know, hey, that's awesome, man. You did a great job. Right, right. It's so funny. We talked about golf earlier. I take my little, my three-year-old son, he loves golf. So I take him yeah. to this part three course. And, you know, I grew up golfing as well. And so I grew up with an imbalanced view of, of golf because my dad kind of, he wasn't the nicest fellow and, and there was some pushing there and but yeah. I watched my thrill. I'm like, man, I just want you to have fun and yeah. we'll figure it out as we go. But he's so good. That's it's like hard. Sometimes I'm like, I want to, I want to like steer him. But yeah. then I got to back off. Like I got to just be the dad who like is his cheerleader and fan. Like right now I'm yeah. his daddy. When we go, he, he literally will tell me like, dad, I need the nine iron and I'll have to like, <laughs> I just carry his bag. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's hard not to sometimes as parents because we're like, man, I could make you so good if I wanted to and yeah. all this stuff. And then I'm like, wait, what does he want? You know, I've got to focus yep. on his wants and needs and things like that. But yeah, it's so true. Okay. Well, even, even beyond that, it's that thought of, well, if I'm not like this, then maybe my dad doesn't love me. And it's yes. that that's the bigger thing to me. It's like, how do I get my dad's love? Right. Like succeed at a high level. And so then those, those types of things become this driver for you to succeed in life. Oh, and you don't even know that's the reason that you're doing it. That's and so, so that's, yes. that's the hard it's, part. It's they don't question, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I find, you know, how often do I um, validate for uh, an accomplishment versus just validating for being who they are? Such a good, good point there. Um, if you're listening, you haven't taken notes. This is, he just dropped another bomb. So one is find your purpose, right? If you don't have that, nail it down because you can start to live in alignment with that purpose, which can really level up the masculinity uh, part of your life. The, the second thing he dropped was, um, oh my gosh, I can't forget this. I should have wrote it down myself. Um, validation. Are you seeking validation externally from women, uh, whatever else, right? Like your, your job, all these things, figure out where you're getting your validation. Cause if it's internal validation and you can, and you can literally just be confident in your own skin and you don't need to seek this external validation, again, you're going to be stepping up that masculine masculinity inside of you because you're not seeking it at, at, through the wrong places. So two things I think are huge, uh, that you just, that you just dropped, uh, for men listening to to pay attention to, I mean, I would address these immediately um, as a man to basically level up right away uh, with just those two questions and just starting yeah. to, to seek the answers for those. That's yeah. awesome. I love it, Jared. Um, let's talk about where people can find you, your supplements, all that stuff. I'll make sure I drop this in the podcast itself. But um, if you could just let the audience know where to find you. You know, you can always go to NutriAuthority.com if you want to. If you forget everything else, go there and fill out a contact form. That'll go to me. But you can always email me, Jared at NutriAuthority.com. Find me on Instagram at Jared Ragsdale. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Okay. And then your website is? NutriAuthority.com. NutriAuthority.com. Did you already say that? 
I did. I did okay, yeah. Sorry. I'll make sure I put that too in, in the video, but yeah. So uh new 30, what I love about this, I send all my muscular gentlemen to him. Um, and they literally get responses back from Jared on any issues. If there's something to do with shipping or whatever, if there's anything he's there and it's amazing customer service. So, um, yeah, I, I would not recommend anybody else. So thank you for being on this show. And, yeah. uh, we definitely have to dive in. I want to do a part two with you down the road if you're up for it, because yeah. I, there's so many more supplements we can talk about. I love getting yeah. the basics down for people, but there's so many cool things out there that can help people, um, as they continue to level up. And my men, you know, it's like. Mm-hmm. The, there is no ceiling right to their life. It's like, how do we level up till the day we die? You know, knowing we yeah. gave it our all and we continue to try to become better men. Um, and, and supplements are just one of those ways to help uh, move us along as well. So I appreciate all the stuff you just dropped. That was fantastic. And we'll definitely have to jump in more with the masculinity because I love your take and uh, the advice that you dropped. That was great. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. It was great being on here. You know, we have a good time chatting. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, thank I'm you. I'm always around too. <laughs> yes, let's do round two. We'll do it for sure. Well, thanks right. for uh, being here and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. You've been listening to The Muscular Gentleman. Finally, a podcast that's unapologetic for being a man. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure you visit the website, www.themusculargentleman.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or just tell a buddy about the show. That would help too. Don't forget, Rustin is available for private coaching. Embrace your masculinity and live the life you've always wanted. See you next time on The Muscular Gentleman.